Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. As always, if you like the podcast, hopefully you do, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to listen so you don't miss an episode. Download and subscribe the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you get your podcast. We are all over the map. The Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we are there. Just find us wherever is convenient for you. So, George, there's one common thread we have seen with the Colts this year, and we've seen really throughout the entire division. And that's been offenses that have struggled to put up points consistently. I thought Sunday was a great example of that. Texans beat the Jaguars 13-6 in which a game where there was one offensive touchdown. It was a battle of the kickers for the, for the longest point until Pierce does score a touchdown late there for, ten, uh, for, uh, for Houston. And then the Titans win 21-17 as a hold down in the end. But again, not a, a big explosive offensive output for a team that usually is not one to you know put a crooked number on the scoreboard most, to- uh, most times. But when you look so far, and that's just one week, right? Obviously, that was just the, the week five example. But you take a bigger look right now through five weeks, or at least heading into, I should say, week number five, because the stats aren't updated just yet. The Colts, no surprise, dead last in the NFL in terms of points per game, 13.8 after that just awful, awful performance of 12 points there on Thursday. They're really hanging strong to that last place uh, ranking there, George. But you look around the rest of the division, Texans tied for 25th. Their average is 18.3 points per game coming into Sunday. Titans, 21st, 18.8 points per game. Now, the Jaguars were 7th. They had a good start, 26 points per game. But also, again, we saw on Sunday, they don't score a touchdown, they score 6 points. So it's been a division right now that has really struggled uh, to put up points and really do so consistently. And that's another reason why you look around for the Colts, despite being dead last right now in in points per game, they still are in this division because no one else is running away and putting up points either. Yeah, you can see my dog's very upset about the offense in in this division too. Uh, You can't blame him. You know, he knows it it should look a lot better than it does. I think that's going to be one of the big keys to to this rest of the season right now you know which of these offenses kind of finds a groove gets hot and consistently can put could can put points on the board it could make a big difference because i think you're looking at this race right now the tiebreakers are all against the colts that's one of the things that you definitely don't want to see no nope. uh, but i think one thing that's that's hurting the titans one thing that you've got to be very concerned with if you're a titans fan they've been very bad in the fourth quarter Second half in general, but the fourth yeah. quarter is specifically, they have not been good. It almost bit them again this week. It almost bit them last Sunday against Indianapolis. You know, if not for some mistakes by the offenses they played the last two weeks, they're probably one and four right now instead of three and two because of the way that they've let teams move up and down the field in the fourth quarter of these games. 
that's one of those things that it, it feels almost as dangerous moving forward as the Colts division record because it's something that in a league that's so close where it feels like anybody can win every week when you are just kind of a sieve in the fourth quarter, you're, you're walking a very th- thin line. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Jacksonville, I think it's the youth that you worry about there. You know, they have their big games and then they have their six point games. And I think that's going to continue. It's just a very young team. They haven't been through this before. And Houston just doesn't have a lot of talent on offense. I mean, let's just be honest. It's just not there. So, you know, I don't think you're going to see the Texans suddenly become an offensive juggernaut. It's going to be really interesting to see which of these four teams can kind of put it together and and be good on offense for even like a six or seven game stretch. It's not going to take all 17 right now. Just have a nice little run there for one of these teams, and it might give you some, some you know, gaps. Some so you might get some distance in this race. And two, and the other offenses can't score like like the Colts for how bad they've been. Like they don't have to drastically improve to turn this around and be a contender, which is another reason why it's so frustrating for the start. It's like, sure, they have a lot of things going wrong and they have their own issues, but it's like. For them to realistically win this division and turn things around, we're not asking for a miracle, George. It's not like they have to go, they're playing at like a level four and they need to take up to a level 10. And it's like, can they even get that level, let alone like, you know, have it work consistently? They really only need to improve slightly when it comes to division wise, at least, to really kind of be a contender. And like I said, they turn up anymore, you should start to run away with it, even with a slow start, because the rest of the the rest of the division right now is struggling. I'm glad you brought the Titans second half. This is just mind-boggling. They scored a touchdown in the second half today against the Commanders. That was, George, their second touchdown in the second half through five games. You look at their splits first half to second half. The Titans coming into Sunday have scored 68 first half points. They have scored 14 second half points this season. They've allowed 37 points in the first half, 64 points coming into this weekend in the second half. So again, you mentioned it. Like, this is a great first-half team. We saw last week against the Colts. You're up 24-3, to and you are clinging on to dear life to win that game. They have one first down in the second half, and need the Colts to shoot themselves in the foot. They made some players credit to them. But to your point, it's like the Titans, yet again, even in a win against the Commanders, still need a goal line stop and interception at the, at the one-yard line to win them the game. They are living dangerously right now, even though they're 3-2 and two and in first place. They again, when you play and the margins for the for a team like the Titans are that razor thin, just like the Colts, doesn't take much for them to turn around. It doesn't take much for the Titans kind of take a step back here and go in the tank. It's it truly is mind boggling. And when you have it, also makes no sense when you have Derrick Henry and the style of play they have, how they're such a bad second half team. Because for the last few years, it was the opposite. Like, we watched this team get off to slow starts in the first half of the season slow starts in the first half of games, and Derek Henry and the offensive line start to wear teams down, and that's when they get to the second half. Like, I mean, this team is, is doing none of that right now. No, you would think they would be closers. I mean, you would think they would just yeah. hit Derek Henry and they'd close it out. Like you said, it, it's not happening. I think from the Colts' standpoint, you know, we've been talking about it all year, but if you can shore up this offensive line, get to a point where you're able to protect the quarterback better than 21 sacks, which is a phenomenally bad number right now, uh, and and hold on to the ball. I mean, Matt Ryan has to stop turning the ball over. His 10 turnovers to a game, that's also living dangerously. It's hurt the Colts plenty through so far through the first five weeks. Which of these teams is going to be able to solve that? Do the Titans become a better second half team or do the Colts become a better offense, you know, protect the in ball general, better yeah. <laughs> in general? 
Um, whichever one of those gets it figured out first probably takes the lead here because I don't think Jacksonville can't suddenly become an experienced team. That's something they're right. just going to have to live with. You know, they they can overcome it, but they're not going to suddenly turn into an experienced football team this year. And Houston can't suddenly gain a lot of offensive talent. That's, you know, I guess they could make a thousand trades at the deadline, but that's not very <laughs> realistic, you know? So I think the Titans and the Colts are the two teams that it's within their power right now to change what their weaknesses are. And I think maybe maybe it's one of these things where they continue to be back and forth, and Jacksonville's just a more consistent engine, and and you know comes up and and topples both of them. But I think it's what's so intriguing about this division right now. Nobody has even remotely stepped forward, try to take control of it, and everybody's so flawed on the offensive side that it really makes you wonder, you know, who will? I we talk about the Colts' struggles, but Jacksonville again to not score a touchdown against Houston at home. Mm-hmm. On you know today, great. They've done some good things. You know, went out to LA, put a ton of points on the Chargers, who are starting to look a little bit fraudulent themselves. Um, but you know, it's still a good win for the Jaguars to do that. But it's offset by what they did today. And in Houston, you know, I don't want to dump on the Texans too much, but there, Damian Pierce is a nice piece. He got the winning touchdown today. I think he's going to be a good running back for them eventually. Outside of that, who on that offense really? Maybe Brandon Stills. There's not a whole lot of people that concern you going into that week on on their offense. And Brandon Cooks is a good receiver, but also too Davis Mills is, yep. I guess, regressed. I mean, yeah, I thought he played better than maybe he got credit for last year. But right, I mean, you have a a, a Pro Bowl level receiver, let's say in Cooks. But like you said, if the quarterback can't get the ball, it doesn't really matter. Like, and the Colts we've seen too having a racer map specifically against that matchup with Stephon Gilmore, where Again, you should be able to handle that. And you mentioned the word closer before. I'm glad you brought that up, George, because it's kind of crazy, but you kind of take a step back and look. Out of these four teams, I would say right now the Colts are the best closing team in, in this division. It's wild, but even in Denver, for how ugly it was and how disgusted we all were after that game, it's like the reality is they got an interception in the end zone. They went down, scored the game-tying field goal. You win the coin toss, go down, score the go-ahead field goal, and you got a knockdown in the end zone to win the game. They made... The last, what, four or five drives of that game against Denver, how ugly it was. They made the winning play, and they had to. And to their credit, whether it was that game, the Chiefs game, they have consistently, for the most part, been good closers now down the stretch through five weeks. It's it's wild. That's this a, division, man, is so confusing. I think it's one of the most confounding things about the Colts. They're one of the better teams in the league and definitely the best team in the division in the fourth quarter, and then the worst team in the league in the first three. Like I, I I've never seen a dichotomy like that really with one team where you're that much better in the fourth quarter than you are in all the previous quarters. That week one performance in Texan has been the season so far. You go down there to Houston and you're behind by 17 points going to the fourth quarter. You rally and you tie the game. The whole season has looked like that. I think the Colts just need some consistency. You need to find a way to bring that fourth quarter fire earlier in the game. And it's really weird because last year we've talked about it already on the pod. It was the exact opposite. Last year, the first quarter, they were one of the best teams around get out to these big leads, and then as the game went on, they got worse. This year, exactly flipped that on its head. The first quarter, they're they're awful. I'm not even sure they've scored a touchdown in the first quarter this year. I think they only have like one in the first half, uh, which is in, in amazing. But, of course, two of the five games, they haven't scored a touchdown in any quarter. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right about it. You're 100% right. It's it's mind-blowing. It's if, if we could somehow take the first half – the first half Colts from last year, the second half Colts from this year, like I, you put them right there. Buffalo and Kansas City is one of the best teams in the NFL. It's crazy to say. It's just 
it's so frustrating. Like you're right, just for there, we asked for it in preseason, George. We asked this team, can you close? Can you do something you couldn't do last year? Close out these games. Now we didn't anticipate that the first half they just say, oh yeah, we don't have to show up, we'll just be fine. And and like I said, you, you dig yourself into these double digit point deficits uh, every single week, which is just not sustainable. But again, the 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 margins or, or the fixes for the Colts here are minor. They're not major. Getting yeah. to a be, for this year, right? Just to win the division, like obviously to be a Super Bowl contender, Colts are are very far away. They're nowhere near Kansas City or Buffalo. That's you know obvious. That's obvious. You need a miracle for that. But mm-hmm. to to win this bad division, it's really there for the taking. And you're not asking for this team to make a whole lot of uh, improvement for sure to to be able to capture that goal. All right, when we come back here, George. Speaking of the division. Colts now to finish this very important seven-game stretch to kick off the season, in which they've gone 2-2-1 two, two, and one so far. They have the Jaguars coming to town before they travel to Nashville to finish their season series with the Titans. We'll discuss the importance of those two games. And if you had to pick one, if the Colts right now, if I tell you they're going 1-1, one and one, which game is it more important for the Colts to win, the Jaguars or the Titans? We'll discuss that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod does return. 